You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks. This is the champion of the 1%, Logan Easton Laroe. Hit my music. Check. One, two. Oh, no. Your attention, please. Your attention, I need it. So I can sit you in a position from which I see it. Welcome to Hit My Music, the show where we talk about music, wrestling, and the space where those two things meet. My name is David Kincannon, and this week, my guest comes to us from a gated community, inside a gated community, surrounded by a gated community. He is one-fourth of Rally. He is the Coastal Elite, Logan Easton LaRoe. Logan, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for being on. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a little while, so let's get into it. Uh, Logan, we talk about music on this podcast, and the first thing that I always ask is, do you remember who was responsible for playing music around you as a kid? Was it your parents, grandparents, older siblings? Um, my parents, neither of them are super musically inclined. My okay. dad likes kind of like 80s new waves, so like I remember the radio some, but I would say he was more of like a talk radio okay. type person. Uh, my mom the same way, but my mom's brother, my uncle, was a, like 300, 400 cds in the 90s type collection guy nice and he i have an older brother and i would say he got my brother more into music first and then through osmosis it kind of went down to me i would say nice uh do you remember when you started making your own musical decisions um i believe probably around eight or nine years old uh i remember buying my first cd i don't know if that's going to be another question uh no go for it okay yeah around eight or nine years old uh, my first CD that I bought with my own money, I think I must have been eight actually, was Significant Other by Limp Biscuit. So okay. I made poor decisions early. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We all we all have our our path that we take to get where to get where we go. Um, what kind of stuff was your older brother listening to? He, me and him actually, it's weird because I would say he got me into music, but me and him have very different tastes. Okay. Uh, he. Around that time, you know, I was listening to what was popular, Limp Bizkit, for example, and he was always like a classical rock type guy. He always, Rolling Stones are his absolute favorite band, uh, but he listened to like Jimi Hendrix, Rolling Stones, even Aerosmith, just kind of like the classic rock okay. station hits. Sure. Uh, what was your, what, so was Limp Bizkit, would you consider them your first favorite band? <laughs> uh, Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. Uh, how did that, how did your musical taste change as you got older? Um, I definitely, I went through that new metal phase for about a year or two, as long as it lasted, wrote it into the sunset. <laughs> uh, and then I, I really like, uh, LimeWire, of course, I'll, I'll admit to stealing on air. Sure. Uh, I d just got really into hip hop and then kind of pop punk skate type music is what I started listening to with, uh, with more internet access at my fingertips and like, okay. starting to have money to buy my own CDs. Okay. Were you influenced by friends at all or? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I have a lot of friends that I think most of us probably, especially those of us in wrestling, there's something to showmanship. So, you know, like <laughs> we would try to play music. I played the drums very, very poorly and we'd have bands and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, 
but I would say of my friends, I was typically a little less musically inclined than they okay. were. All right. Uh, do you remember the first concert you ever went to? Yeah, it was actually um, my mom took me and my brother to the Rolling Stones at FedEx Field, and the Strokes opened for them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so you said that you play the, you play, you tried to play the drums. Yeah, is try that, is definitely the better. That the only instrument, that? only instrument you play? Um, my brother played guitar and like, I would pick it up and he kind of showed me how to play Smells Like Teen Spirit. So okay. I can almost do that very poorly, but that's pretty <laughs> much it. Uh, were, were the drums, was that kind of a, did you take lessons or? Yeah, I probably maybe a little bit less than a year just to like the local music and arts uh by our house okay um any any music at school or anything like that uh, so i was in percussion this was elementary school i okay. think fifth or sixth grade i was in percussion and taking the lessons okay all right uh what kind of stuff do you listen to now i'm still you know i listen to a lot of pop punk i end up stuck kind of in the same i, I used to be more adventurous i think in my tastes of like okay. It's harder for me now to, like, seek out what's the new stuff. Um, I like uh, Sorority Noise a lot, which, who I think are broken up now. I like okay. Modern Baseball, also now broken up. Uh, and then, like, at the gym, I still, on the heavy days, I still do listen to some new metal, some Metallica. Okay. A lot of hip-hop still. Uh, so let's, let's uh, I want to drill down a little bit. So in terms of new metal, other than Limp Bizkit, were there any particular bands that you liked? Uh, I would say Limp Bizkit was probably number one, but like, okay. you know, Korn, uh, Disturbed, if to tie in with wrestling, if there was a music video with uh, wrestling and new metal, which there were a lot of back then, yes, there were. I liked that. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, what kind of hip hop were you into? Uh, I'm, you Tupac into? is still probably my number one, okay. which I guess is showing my age, because I don't know, like, I don't know if kids <laughs> ever listen to Tupac anymore, but he's my number one. Um... I like Bone Thugs. I like Biggie. I'd say like mid to late '90s hip hop mostly. Okay. Nice, nice. That's uh, that's kind of where I, kind of where I fall. Um, you, I think you'd be surprised actually. My, I have a, I have a 15 year old son, uh, who I think likes quite a bit of that as well. Okay. So uh, that I, makes me happy to hear. I mean, Tupac and Biggie are still still things that the kids listen to. Good. Um. So you said you do say you you did say that you listen to music at the gym, um, sort of the new metal stuff, Metallica, anything else? Do you have do you have playlists or? No, I'll just like uh, I only recently got Apple Music, and I'll just like I'll pick an artist I like. Uh, if I know an album is good from them, I'll play. I'll tr usually go through the full album, but just whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, what about traveling? I know wrestlers travel a lot. I'm positive, you know, I'm sure that you probably have some road trip playlists. Uh, what makes for good road trip music, in your opinion? Uh, usually something I don't, uh, that's, road trips, I'd say, are where I'm a little more adventurous into listening to uh, okay. newer stuff. Uh, my friend Jet Jigori, I don't know if you know him. Yep. Uh, yeah, so he actually, he drove me, I can't remember, maybe up to Philadelphia a few years ago, and he was playing a lot more of the, like, the SoundCloud rap type music which I, I wasn't super familiar with and you know i was getting really into it so I, that's another genre now i do dabble in a little bit uh so yeah i would say soundcloud rap is kind of like and again this might be showing my age because that's just i guess what i refer to new rap as right but kind of like the emo rap type stuff as a gentleman of a certain age i uh also refer to it that way so <laughs> i get right, it I've... um 
who who in your opinion for you uh who gets to control the music on a road trip to me it's the driver okay driver it's their rules everything that's, in the car uh, that's more more than more often than not the answer that i've gotten um some people are a little more ambivalent about it there's been there's one person in particular who uh who was very adamant that it was the driver uh dan champion i'm looking at you Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm a fan of Dan. He's never driven me, but I imagine it's a lot of boss uh, on those road trips. Uh, that is what I've heard. I've heard <laughs> that it is a lot. It's a, it is a lot of Bruce Springsteen. Um. So, uh yeah, that's all I've got for the first half of the show. Uh, we're gonna take a very short break, and we will be back on the other side, and we will get into wrestling. <laughs> We are back here on Hit My Music with Logan Easton LaRoe. Logan, uh, let's talk about wrestling a little bit. When did you first start watching wrestling? Um, I think the first time I remember seeing wrestling was at Blockbuster, renting, just kind of on an off chance because I saw Doink the Clown and I thought he looked kind of Batman-esque. <laughs> uh, uh, I th believe it was a copy of WrestleMania 10, and I was somewhat hooked. I would say I got very hooked, like absolutely obsessed like some of us are. Uh, around the Attitude Era, right around 2000, I would say. End okay. of 99, 2000. Okay. Uh, did you, do you have any particularly fond memories of wrestler entrance themes? Yeah. I mean, everybody back, uh, I loved, like, getting the video games. That was a huge thing. Like, the first SmackDown for the original PlayStation. Having, like, Jericho. I remember his theme in video a lot. I really liked that one. Um the glass shattering, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Hardy Boys were my favorite. Like, that theme is just a good, like, get you pumped up kind of song. Totally. Totally. Um, do you have a favorite live music performance at a wrestling show? Oh, that's a tough one. Huh. Not necessarily one that you've been to, but like, you know. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like uh, Motorhead playing Triple H to the ring. <laughs> right. Man, I, I would have to think about that. Um... <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite, but I actually, and I don't like Flo Rida, but Flo Rida playing a little concert before The Rock, I kind of sure. enjoyed. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I, somebody, I don't remember who it was, somebody mentioned Pitbull and and, and said something very similar that while they're not necessarily a fan of Pitbull's music, um, he's, a, he's a really great entertainer and that made for a really interesting show. And I think Flo Rida could be sort of the same thing. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. Even he had a Tron bike too. That's yeah. cool. So yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what makes a good entrance theme? Um, yes and no. I think if the theme kind of informs the character a little bit, uh, in recent memory, something that really stuck out, like the last super cool entrance I can remember, was um, when at SummerSlam this year when Edge came out to the Brood theme. And okay. rising up, and I don't for whatever reason, you know, that theme is awesome, but it just like it brought more intensity, I think, to the match, and at least it brought my excitement up for the match for sure. Not that I wasn't excited 
prior to it, but it really like it gave me that feeling, you know, when as a kid wrestling fan, like, oh shit, like I got to see this. I'm pumped for this sure. now. Um, and I actually, I'm sorry, I want to circle back to that first question. Uh, yeah. Something when I was a kid that really hit me uh, when Undertaker returned as American Badass, and he had the the creepy girls at the beginning, and then Kid Rock's American Badass. I still like. If I want to get pumped up watching wrestling, I just watch him interfering at Judgment Day 2000 with that music, <laughs> chokeslamming the hell out of X-Pac and stuff. Right. I remember that well. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, okay, let's talk about your entrance themes specifically. So when you first started out, you started wrestling under the name Logan Hodge. Yes. And your first match, you came out to the sounds of this. can't you say I'm that is of course toxic by britney spears uh so what what caused you to choose that as your initial entrance song as a wrestler it was not my choice i would okay. say is uh what caused me to choose that so i was uh i started training when i was 16 and because uh virginia has a commission you have to be 18 to wrestle uh so i went up with the guy that owned my school um to a place in pennsylvania real shindy type place and uh his entrance theme for whatever reason was toxic by britney spears and i was supposed to be like a white meat baby face in this very uh i would say a very blue collar type town coming out to toxic by britney spears and telling the the 12 hicks <laughs> to come on <laughs> that sounds like a recipe for something yeah, I, I would agree. It ended up going fine, you know, and I was so nervous that I don't I don't think I could hear. Okay. All right, so let's go uh, to your next theme as Logan Hodge, which was Animali by Incubus. And I found this um, when I was doing my research that you had used this song in NWA Fusion. I was not familiar with NWA Fusion. Was that Virginia-based? Yeah, I think uh, before I started wrestling for them, they were NWA Virginia. Uh, okay. I don't know how much affiliation with actual NWA they had. I think you just kind of, at the time, you just paid something every year to call yourself NWA right. X. Right. All right. Let's, uh, let's listen to a little bit of that. So what was the what was the thinking behind that song? Were you, were you a particularly big Incubus fan, or uh, I was an Incubus fan in high school around that time. Um, I don't know that I put that much thought in it, which probably goes to show the whole Logan Hodge character. I don't know that there was that much thought put into it in general. Um, one of my trainers was uh, Christian York, and he came out to an Incubus song, "Redefine," and I always thought that was really cool. So in my head, this was maybe a little tribute to him. Okay. Um, after that, you, you you went through a couple of different names. I know there was a, a character called Logan Waite that I couldn't find much on. Um, and then there was, of course, Logan Easton Leroux, uh, who for most of your career, it seems like you have been using primarily one song. And that is uh, what we heard at the beginning of the show, 
the national anthem by Lupe Fiasco. Now, you did say at the beginning of the show when we were talking about the stuff that you listened to that you were a big fan of hip-hop. I am also a big fan of hip-hop. Uh, Lupe Fiasco is somebody who, for a while there, I was a huge fan of right around the food and liquor, like that, that album. Um, so let's listen to a little bit of National Anthem. Check. One, two. Oh, no. Your attention, please. Your attention, I need it. So I can sit you in a position from which I see it. So what, I mean, other than your affinity for hip hop, was there a specific reason that you chose that song? Um, so it's a sample from a Radiohead song uh, called the National Anthem as well. Okay. And uh, in overthinking this, I think, like, as much as I like Radiohead, I think there's a certain pretension to a Radiohead fan, sure. typically. Uh, so that kind of fell in line with my idea of the character being a very despicable, pretentious, thinks he's better than everybody type person. And then, like, <laughs> like you said, I really like hip-hop. And around the time I picked, or I guess probably... Lupe had fallen off a little bit by the time I picked the song, but I do just really like that song. Sure. Uh, and I was around the same time a gigantic Lupe Fiasco fan. All right. Um, so you've used that one a lot of places, like uh, some some places like In the Biz and Nova Pro and AIW, and your one your one appearance there, I think, at this point. I think I got two. Give me my okay, my flowers so. here. All right. Um. <laughs> I only noted I only noted the one because it happened to be uh, when I was doing my research. Uh, you were in a six man scramble that happened to have Wardlow in it. Yes, um, uh, he hit an F five on two people. I was one of them yes, at the same time. Yes, you were. Um, so I thought that was that was a that was a fun piece of business that I was watching during my uh, my bit. However, there's a there's a place where you've been a couple times called Star Pro. Oh yeah, where you don't use that song. Um, you've, from what I could tell, from what I could find on independentwrestling.tv, you've been there twice. Um, the first time you came out to a song that I couldn't find any record of, I sure, I usually try and use like Shazam and whatever, uh, whatever other apps I can find to try and help me identify songs. And I could not find this song. And I wonder if it's because when you came out, you stated that you composed the song. <laughs> <laughs> I do now vaguely remember that. Okay. I was I, it Beethoven? I, I, if it well, didn't come up on Shazam, I guess no, it could have been. The Beethoven is the song you use the second, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, this was this had a little bit more of a. It seemed like it was a little bit more of like a funkier kind of almost pop kind of thing. <laughs> okay. um, but I I just thought that was a funny little bit. Uh, you basically came through the came through the curtain, told people to shut up because you wrote this song and composed it. <laughs> Which which led to Bryce on common Bryce Remsburg on commentary saying something about here at Star Pro this is what we do we have our we have our talent write their own music. So, <laughs> That's exactly what happens there. Thought that was amusing. Uh, yes, on that second your second appearance in Star Pro, you did come out to Beethoven. You came out to uh, the second movement of the Ninth Symphony, uh, which is known as the Molto Vivace, which I believe is very fast in Italian or much faster in Italian. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of that opening. Uh, most people will know the the Ninth Symphony. There's you know there is a much more famous portion 
the uh, the ode to joy, which I think most people are aware of. Was the uh, was the Beethoven your choice? Um, yes, it was. That's typically my choice if they tell me that I can't use licensed music. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, no further thought than that. I mean, okay. I, I like that song, I guess. No, I think, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense for the the sort of the elite character. Yeah. I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense because I'm sure there's there's a lot of Beethoven being listened inside gated communities, inside gated communities, surrounded by gated humans. Of course. So. Um, the, there is also, uh, you are currently a part of Rally, uh, which is a sort of, uh, a stable faction within Beyond Wrestling. Um, unfortunately I wasn't able to figure out what that song was either. So if anybody out there knows, let me know. Cause I'd love to Richard Holiday picked it. So you're right. going to have to have him on the show. I'll have to have him on the show. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you do have some, there, there are some alternate universes in wrestling. And you've maybe been a part of some of those alternate wrestling or those alternate universes. Um, in the world of Chikara, you were part of a tag team called NRG as a, a, a person named Race Jackson. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. And then that, so we sort of we can sort of trace that down a path to another character that we'll talk about. Um, when NRG debuted, there was a, a very specific aesthetic that you guys had. Um, it was very similar to, to something that, that could be found in the WWE in the early 90s. Um, had a very very bit of a, a an Owen Hart uh, and Coco Beware high energy sort of, sort of uh, theme to it. And I think that even extended to, to the music. Because this is uh, the high-energy theme from the WWE. Which would also be Owen Hart's personal theme uh, as he transitioned away from tag team wrestling in the early 90s. Uh, and, there, and then this is the song called High, NRG's theme from uh, Kenny and Harley Wooten. There's a very interesting uh, comparison between those two songs, I think. Um, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I know that Chikara was a place where, um, let's say, let's say things were controlled and not necessarily by the wrestlers themselves. You didn't necessarily have all the input. I've had other, I've had other people on this show uh, who were from Chikara who had themes sort of given to them. Did you have any input on this one? No, I didn't have, to be honest, I didn't have any input really in the gear gimmick or the okay. song. It just kind of slapped on me. Sure. Not that I disliked it, but. Sure. Um, you had a couple of other themes as, as, as Reese Jackson. Some of them are a little harder to find than this one. Um, because I don't know that they ever got commercial releases. You can actually find this one on Chikara, uh, Chikara Themes Volume 3, I believe. Um, you did, however, have one licensed song that you used uh, in Chikara. And that was one time when you and um, Hype Rockwell did a trios match where you teamed with Heidi Lovelace. 
and you used State Champs' song, Elevation, or Elevated. Now, in doing this show, I've had, you know, there, there are quite often sort of thrown-together tag teams that will um, have one, you know, people have one-off themes because they're part of a, a thrown-together tag team, and it tends to be, you know, one person's song gets picked over another person's. However, I couldn't find that Heidi ever used this song either. Do you know how this song became the, the theme song for you guys on that day? No, I have... No, I, I didn't even realize that we didn't have either our music or her music. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's we totally teamed. weird. Um, I was, I was, when I was going through, I was like, this is, this is really odd. Cause I, cause I have a list of like, I have a list of themes that people have used and like, it's not on there under anybody else. It's the only time I can find it is that one match. Can I ask where, which match was it? Uh, it's anniversary, it's anniversario catching fire. It's the three of you against yep. Frightmare and the Batiri. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So that was okay. during during the Hexed Men storyline. Right. We were in the UK. Maybe maybe that was just the UK theme. I don't oh, know. Maybe. Yeah. Interesting. hadn't thought, I hadn't thought that through. So maybe that has something to do with it. You're right. It could be. I, who knows though? It could be nothing. <laughs> so eventually, Race Jackson would kind of turn heel. There was a a split between you and Hype Rockwell, um, and. You would end up losing a loser has to wear a mask match. Uh, this was sort of for those who don't, who, for those who aren't aware, Race Jackson at, at a certain point started doing a sort of vain, sort of vanity gimmick, um, and this was sort of the outcome of that. And you became the character Blank, who in some circles is also known as Saint Jackson Dupont. Uh, <laughs> And so you would end up starting your own stable, the Nouveau, the Nouveau Aesthetic. There was an initial theme that Kenny and Harley Wooten did, um, but I think the theme I actually like more for the Nouveau Aesthetic is a song called Canvas that was done by Kate Nix. Canvas. Which is, uh, it's, it's got a very kind of creepy kind of not quite horror movie but kind of thriller almost sound to it um was was there any input on that i know I, you know i know kate nix did a lot of did a, a bunch of chikara themes around that time um, I, not for me i did not have input on it but okay. i believe that um still life now edith surreal i believe that she was involved with it okay to some right. degree i know and i do i do know that she has used that as a um as a, a theme herself as well. Yeah. So that, that, that makes sense. Uh, let's talk about Edith Surreal. I know the two of you have a, a sort of push and pull relationship. You've been <laughs> yeah. adversaries. You've been tag team partners. Um, you have teamed as a, a team called Ephemera, which I love. And you have come out occasionally to a song by Grimes called Kill vs. Mame. Which is a you know a sort of kind of a electro pop kind of thing. I really like that. Um, any input on that one, or is that mostly Edith's selection? That's Edith. She's a big uh, Elon Musk fan, so okay. she had to 
get that, you know? All right, fair enough. Fair enough. And then uh, the last thing we're going to talk about is you told me, because I, 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 I did not find this in my research. You told me that there are times when Blank will come out to Party Man by Prince. Where have you used that? Um, pretty much anywhere blank wrestles that okay. allows licensed music. Okay. That's the go-to. Okay. Let's, uh... That is, of course, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, from the Batman soundtrack. Yes. 1989. Um, what is the thinking behind that, if I may ask? So Blank, the original incarnation of Blank, Batman 89, Joker, uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker, is gigantic influence on the character. Okay. Uh, the nouveau aesthetic name is actually from uh, that specifically. And then, if you remember the movie, it's one of my favorite movies, but when the Joker is destroying the art gallery and meets Kim yep. Basinger, Vicky Vale, that's the, the Prince theme playing okay. throughout. All right. That is a, that is a great one. That's a, a yeah. lot of that's a, such a fun song, such a great album. Just the the whole Batman soundtrack is. I totally agree. Awesome. This is a fantastic movie. They don't make comic book movies with that much bizarreness to them anymore either. I don't think. I think that's probably true. It's too big a business now, probably. But it, yeah, they just feel so, so sanitized and corporate, you know. And like, of course, that was a massive million dollar something movie, but it still felt like somebody was actually directing it. It wasn't just a product. Sure. Um, I mean, Tim Tim Burton is always going to do Tim Burton things, and so right. that's, a, that's a thing. All right, so the final question I ask every episode is what I refer to as the Tony Khan proposition. And that question is, if money and rights were no object, is there a song that would be your dream entrance song? Hmm. To be honest, I do, I really... Uh at least in my head, as Logan, I very much associate the National Anthem by Lupe Fiasco with it. I can't really imagine coming out to something else okay. and being as uh, as satisfied with it as I am with that. That and, makes... Yeah. That makes perfect Same sense. Same goes with Blank and Party Man. Okay. That that totally makes sense. Um, that's all I've got. Uh, so why don't you uh, tell my audience where they can find you on the internet um, so they can they can follow you and see where you're gonna where you're gonna be performing. Okay. Uh, the best place is Twitter. It's at Logan Larue, L-O-G-A-N-L-A-R-O-U-X, or at the artist blank, all no space or underscore or anything like that. Okay. I have an Instagram too, but it's kind of my own personal handle. You can follow me, but it's not specific to wrestling, and that's W-A-I-T-L-E-L. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, this is Hit My Music. I'm David Kincannon. Thank you so much for listening. Hit My Music is a proud member of the soon-to-be-named network. You can find a variety of podcasts at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, including add-outs with wrestling, we need wrestling, longbox heroes, and more. You can follow the show at Hit My Music Prod on Twitter, and you can email the show at hitmymusicprod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to my Patreon at patreon.com slash jinglemeister. The theme song for Hit My Music is Contract Killer by me, the Jinglemeister. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.